Thank you for joining us here today at Calvary Church, where we are committed to loving God and loving people. If you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are, visit us online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message. Hello and welcome to At The Movies. Uh, It's uh, part of our summer series. My name is Vince. I'm one of the pastors here. So glad you took the time to join us this morning and see what was happening. Online version. There's a couple things that we're, you know, we've been allowed to do live versus online with clips, etc. And Pastor Steve has already talked about that. But so I'll do my best to explain some of uh, the clips of things as they're going on. I know uh, some of you have never been to the movie house before. And so uh, the idea of seeing a movie, oh, whatever. And some of uh, you are at the movie house all the time. And so you'll have a an idea, it's not a description of a movie, but to convey some ideas that come out of a movie. And uh, some of what I'm talking about today is from the movie Inception. Now, Inception is a dream built in a dream, built in a dream. A dream that is so real, so vivid, that it's indistinguishable from reality. And what to do with these idea of dreams, because the Bible is full. It's got so many great dream sequences inside. God speaks to us through dreams sometimes. Maybe you've had that happen. There's nothing that uh, warms me more than hearing of uh, showing up inside of people's dreams. Uh, my... Uh, previous boss, the Bishop McDonald, he, uh, one day I came into work and he was just mad. He was so frustrated with me. I'm like, what did I do? He goes, I just had this dream about you last night and you were driving my car around like a moron and doing donuts in the church parking lot and I, I just woke up angry at you. I'm like, yes! I have moved from not just reality, but I've seeped my way into your subconscious, and now I'm just starting to wreck havoc in there too. And it's just like, it made, made me warm on the inside. Uh, just a few weeks ago, my coworker Maggie, she said, just had this dream about you. It made me so frustrated. I'm like, yeah. So I was doing some recording and whatever. I needed you to help me with some recording thing, and you wouldn't... You're playing this music, and it was just stupid. It's this stupid music, and you wouldn't stop playing it. I'm like, yeah, I've crawled inside your brain. And this idea of a dream that can be so real, you have a hard time distinguishing. What was, is that real? Was that not real? See, in the Bible, there's series, there's, there's dreams, and there's visions. It's kind of like an, uh, an awake dream with a, with a dash of future sprinkled in. So where we come off the movie Inception is there's this fantastic scene where our lead, Leonardo DiCaprio, is speaking to uh, his new employee about this dream state, and she's unaware that they're in this dream as it's, as it's happening. He's like, we're back at the office right now. You're in a dream. And she starts just freaking out a bit. It just seems so real to her. And what to do with that? 
You see, we have dream sequences. We have Joseph in the scripture talking about he, has, he, he was uh, the, the dream of wheat, it's, which is different than the cream of wheat. It's the I dream of wheat. And the wheat was eating the other wheat, and it was it, what was happening, and it was Pharaoh's dream, and Joseph was going to be interpreting it. But Joseph also had his own dream that he was going to rule his brothers, and his brothers hated him for it and threw him in a, a big hole, sold him away to slavery. You see, these dreams are powerful. We, we speak these dreams. It's like, was that a smidgen of that futuristic aspect? Was it a God vision? Or is I just, did I just have too much pizza last night? Herod sent the Magi to find Jesus. And then the Magi had a dream that if they returned, that if the Magi returned to Herod, that he was going to kill Jesus. So they went by a different route home. Pilate's wife had a dream. Matthew 27, 19 says this, while Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message, don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. You see, these dreams, these inner working uh, lucid, is that real? Is that not real? We see them exhibited in the scripture, and there's a whole book dedicated to a dream. The book of Revelation. And so this is like the impossible book to talk about. It's really hard because it starts off. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must take place soon. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. You see, the book of Revelation is a vision. It's that awake dream with future. It's like, it's not happening, but it's like a, a snapshot into tomorrow, into some future time. So this is Jesus telling, through the, this angel telling John, what's up? And it's a weird thing to speak on. My friend, uh, I, I give some dedication of this message to you. My friend who's passed on, Art Faulkner, he said, why do you guys never talk about Revelation? It's like, well, it's not like uh, don't want to talk about it, but it's like talking about your friend's dream. It's a tricky thing to be because I, I, some of these are speculative. Some of these are, uh, you know, but because it's the words of Jesus and the dream of Jesus, well, I, I rank it up higher than, you know, I had a, green, a dream a couple nights ago. I was reading through the news about how crocodiles were worse than alligators. And so, of course, that night I dreamt that I was being attacked by a crocodile. And so if I tell you about my crocodile dream, I don't put it on the same level as the book of Revelation. See, dream and vision, where does all of, of this go? You see, John 1, 10 and 11, on the Lord's day... 
I was in the spirit, John writes. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches. The book of Revelation and the dream that Jesus is talking, the vision that he's sharing of the future, it is stark. It, it, it is, it is, it's, a, it's a challenge to work through. And so I'm going to touch on some various points of it, and hopefully the intent of it is to leave you at a place of hope. The journey to get there is a darker one. People have attempted to write about the book of Revelation uh, or put it into film uh, with some interesting results. A, a famous one in 1981 called Early Warning. There's a thief in the night from the 70s. About early warning was very interesting. And inside of it, there is a clip in the first few minutes, just a little three, four minute clip. It says this. It's a, it's a unelected, uh, so it's a secret meeting of world leaders. Uh, they're taking a direction from this unelected kind of shadow government organization figure. And the guy's sitting at a podium and he's talking about so this is someone's interpretation from the 80s, 1981 to be exact, about the events that he sees unfolding. So it's in a movie format. It's available on YouTube. Yeah, you can search up uh, Early Warning, 1981. Hyperinflation is devaluing the dollar. There's threats of global war. Crisis in the energy sector. Upcoming food shortage. Our labor leaders have caused work stoppages all over the world. Your bank account is frozen and you'll go hungry if you don't comply. You'll need a digital certificate to make sure you're in compliance. So crazy, right? Like that could ever happen. <laughs> so this movie from the 80s, and people start going, that's a, little, that's a little odd. Could that ever happen? Well, it, of course, it, it's just some person's interpretation of the reading through Revelation and this dream. And so I say take it with a grain of salt, but I say don't take it with a grain of salt. You've got to find that place within yourself, that, that peace, because this is Jesus' word. Write these down. Write this down, John. John in the island of Patmos, which is an island, uh, an island in Greece. Write this down. So this is Jesus speaking. About, and then John interpreting what he is seeing. This skim through the book of Revelation real quick. Uh, and it's supporting scriptures. We'll kind of lead you through this, this, this seven-year journey. Okay. Things kind of kick off at the end of time with event, this event called the rapture. Now, this, the rapture, uh, we read about uh, Thessalonians 4, verses 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will come from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet and call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, those who are still alive will be left and caught up with him in the air, together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will forever be with the Lord. There was a movie 
in 2000 called Left Behind. And it takes this premise of the rapture from Matthew 24, verses 40, 41. Two men will be in a field. One will be taken up and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a hand mill. One will be taken up and the other left. The rapture is this event where those who are in faith, believe in and have made a commitment to Christ, are taken up in some way to meet Jesus in the air. What does that look like? I don't know what that looks like. It's hard for me to speak on it outside of that we will be with the Lord in some way. Uh, my, the Bishop McDonald used to always refer to his sunroof as the rapture roof, where... <laughs> It's like, well, if the Lord's coming to take me, I'm going to have a quick escape hatch to get out of my car. I don't know how all that works. And it's the Jesus describing what's coming up, that this day will occur, I do believe. When it will occur, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. So we have this belief of and uh, this thing called the rapture where the Christians are caught up. Now, some people believe that this kicks off this, this uh, seven-year period called the tribulation, and so being raptured before is called pre-tribulation. Some people believe it'll happen in the middle sometime at the three-and-a-half-year mark, mid-tribulation. Some people don't you know, think that it all happens, that we all go up together at the end. There's like all sorts of, like I went to seminary for four years to discuss all this stuff, so jamming it into 20 minutes. Pre-mid-post. Uh, others believe this thing, it's the pan-tribulation where... Regardless of what you believe, it'll all pan out in the end. And where do you take this? We're all caught up. A three and a half year tribulation discussed in Revelations 6 through 10. The opening of the scroll and the, these seals. Opening up not like or, or seals, but just these seals on the scroll. The opening up of each one of these seals releases something more terrible than the last. We see we have a, a rider in, in red. And so maybe you've heard of this phrase, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. This is in the this, this first three and a half years of the tribulation, according to Revelations uh, 6, all the way through Revelations 10. A rider on a pale horse whose name is Death and Hell following him. We got the stars falling out of the sky. This is what John's seeing. And he's saying, and we're like, what is stars falling out of the sky and death riding on a horse? It's, it starts to get pretty nuts out there. And then this event happens at the three and a half year mark where the installation of the Antichrist. Well, the Antichrist in Second Thessalonians 2, 3, and 4 says this, don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For the day will not come, that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed to destruction, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or his worship so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. So we have the rapture, three and a half years of terrible. The installation of this person called the Antichrist. Three and a half uh, more years of tribulation. In this three and a half years, uh, we read it uh, through in the book of Revelation, through chapters 13 through 19, and it's even worse than the first half. We have uh, this, this dragon uh, figure 
uh, pop up. We have a, a beast come out of the earth, a beast come out of the water. And you just have to, you know, visualize and all that goes along with them and death following each one and each given the ability to destroy. But somewhere throughout all that, it seems like the Christians were caught up in that first rapture, but people come to faith throughout these seven years. There's always just still that remnant. Revelation 13, verses 16 to 18 the beast, it also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead, so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark. That somehow, some way, that people will take a, a, a mark on their, on their head or on their hand, uh, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom, the book says. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man, the number 666. We got a dragon coming out of the earth, beasts who can speak in dragon. We have a prostitute riding a beast. Like, it's all gone, it's all gone to pot. It's, it, it, things are falling apart and coming unglued. And this is the picture. Uh, people breaking out and festering wounds, uh, Inability to feed people, uh, seas turning to blood, all these horrible things that you've ever heard about, uh, like in, in some sort of uh, crazed movie, probably uh, may have its origin in the book of Revelation. It's really dark in, in, in through this spot, in the way that Jesus describes the world through the, uh, to John. John's writing down what he sees. It is not a good day. I myself start each day with a run. That way I know that the day can't get any worse. But for these folks living through this time, it just keeps getting worse the next day, the next day. Till finally, Revelation 19 to 20, we have this great battle. Jesus and the angels fighting the dragon. Jesus comes riding in on a cloud. Woo! Remember that song we used to sing, Behold, he comes riding on a cloud? It's taken from Revelation. And so John's seeing this. He's jotting it all down. Revelations 20, verses 1 through 3. Then I saw an angel come down from heaven. He had in his hand a key to the hole without a bottom, some bottomless pit. He also had a strong chain. He took hold of the dragon, that old snake, who is the devil, or Satan, and chained him for 1,000 years. The angel threw the devil into the hole without a bottom. He shut it and locked him in. He could not fool the nations anymore until the thousand years were completed. After this, he must be freed for a while. At this point, Revelation 21 describes a new heaven, a new earth, all the chaos and destruction cleaned up in some creative, miraculous way. I don't know how it all, but that there is a new heaven and a new earth. It can never be night there because God's presence is there perpetually bringing light. Now, if I was you as a, a, a parent, this is not a great bedtime story. You do not get to uh, tell your kid, we're reading out a revelation tonight. Okay, sweet dreams, and then turn off the light and leave the room. That, 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 that's not quite fair. But the envelope of revelation is a tale of peace. 
have no fear. You see, the beginnings of Revelation come in with some of the classic thoughts when you think of Jesus, love, peace, things are going to be okay. We can get so worked up, maybe in our own lives, about what the end's going to look like. Skynet's coming. AI's taking over the world. There, there, there's, there's strife in, in, in the seas over here, and this part of the world's falling apart. And, and there's a fentanyl crisis, and there's a, uh, an energy crisis. Crisis after crisis, a banking crisis, and you just choose to not be in crisis because of the words of Jesus. And so I get that out of the way to get to the hope of Revelation. Revelation 3 and 20. The invitation of Jesus is the same today as what John wrote in the book, Revelation 3.20. Jesus saying, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. You see, Jesus isn't barging down your door. He's a gentleman. He's not kicking it in with, a, you know, like imposing himself. But he is knocking. Maybe sometimes you can hear that in your own life. The chaos, the stuff around. You're just like, oh, bring me peace, Lord Jesus. Matthew 24 and 36 says this. About that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So we don't know when all of this is coming down. Just that the scripture records that it's coming down. And throughout the years, people have thought various points. They thought maybe it was happening. Luke 21, verses 8 and 9 says it this way. He replied, watch out that you are not deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming I am he. The time is near. Do not follow them, Jesus says. For when you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. This is also the word of the Lord. Do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. You see, with Jesus standing at the door, knocking throughout the ages, whether it's, you know, this in the 2000s, but he's been knocking at the door for a couple of thousands of years, and people will respond to that. They hear Jesus, like, help me, help my life today, but that there is a life beyond this one, and that at some point, this all goes away. And being prepared for that moment. Live like he's coming tomorrow. In the first century, people thought it was Nero. The Christians thought, this is the end. It's over. Nero is literally tying people to post. The emperor Nero, tying Christians to post and setting them on fire as to, uh, uh, like, uh, the torch down a long driveway. Just total nuts. Thought, surely this must be the Antichrist. Constantius II, and his pushing that Jesus was not God, that's fourth century. They thought, this guy is the Antichrist. 
People thought Napoleon was the Antichrist. And coming in at number one throughout the ages, of course, people thought Hitler has to be the Antichrist. Could you imagine going through what people went through during that era? The death, the destruction. People thought, this is it. It's over. And of course, there were people, this is it. This is, it's over. But it wasn't the end. And it wasn't over. How about those of you who uh, remember back uh, Gorbachev, Gorbachev's birthmark? If I just look at it right, it looks like it could be a six. Is Gorbachev the Antichrist? No. No, he wasn't. <laughs> How about control the alternative and delete? Control alternatives and delete. Control alt delete. Is Bill Gates the Antichrist? I don't know. I don't think so. Am I intended to use these words of Jesus to live my life in fear? Does that sound like Jesus? I want you to be afraid. Particularly when he says stuff like, fear not, or peace be with you. I have overcome the world. These are the thoughts of Christ. And John is painting out that picture as he's been told by Jesus in Revelation, not as a point of fear, but a final great saying from my former mentor. I've read the back of the book, and we win. Matthew 24, 23 to 25. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Messiah. There he is. Don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect, even me and you. See, I've told you ahead of time. Jesus is like, let me get this straight in advance. Well in advance, I'm telling you, don't believe that stuff. Living in fear about what is coming to get you is not living. Live while you're alive. Bon Jovi, help me out. I just want to live while I'm alive. Write a song, Bon Jovi. Live like Jesus is coming tomorrow. Don't live in fear. All the funny things throughout our lifetimes. This one's a little, uh, this one's a little early. Mary Bateman. Mary Bateman, 1806. Uh, she had the prophet hen of Leeds. This prophet hen. You could come see the hen for a penny. You could see the hen lay an egg. And on the egg, it appeared that it said, Christ is coming on the egg. And she charged people a penny to come see this. Uh, it was very much discovered afterwards and it's documented out that she was writing with some sort of ink, uh, corrosive ink onto the shell, Christ is coming, and then stuffing the eggs back into the chicken. You can check that out. That, that, that's a thing. That happened. Anyone remember Haley's Comet? Uh, for those who around 1986 was its last pass. For those who make it, uh, it'll show up again in 2061. Kind of a 75-ish year cycle. But in 1910, 
it was believed, the scientists believed that the end of the tail of the comet, which the Earth was going to pass through, was made of cyanogen gas. If we go through this, it's the end. Uh, people were uh, buying gas masks, and uh, people were selling, <laughs> it's fantastic, comet protective umbrellas. Uh, Anti-comet pills were available in 1910. How about the Heaven's Gate cult? Where a group of, of people believed that there was a spaceship in the end of the comet Hale-Bopp. These are stuff in our lifetimes. Many of you remember. That was 1997. But regrettably, 39 people committed suicide then, believing that their bodies would float out and, and enter the alien bodies that were in the tail of the comet. Don't believe these nonsense. Where's my nerds at? How about Y2K? We're all living in bunkers thinking that the computers are gonna stop and everything that they control is gonna fall apart. We had New Year's parties in the year 2000, Y2K, and it turned out the next day it just all kept going. Remember 2012, the end of the Mayan calendar? That was the introduction of the new Portman Bridge. Do you remember the giant ice balls falling off the Portman Bridge, smacking people's cars and just mayhem and destruction? 2012, the end of the Mayan calendar. It's all, it's all over. And as I share this in 2023, it wasn't the case. You see, when fear grips us in that kind of way, it's not what God's intent for you is. He's intending for you to live uh, in peace, joy, not paralysis because of fear. This stuff comes, this stuff goes. Put your hands in the hand of the man who stilled the water. It's going to be okay. Jesus loves you and he's got you. It will happen someday. And when that day happens, we'll have remembered. Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they with me. Luke 21, 8, 9. Watch that you don't deceived. For many will come in my name, claiming I am he. The time is near. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. Don't panic. Live like Jesus is coming tomorrow. And he said these things in closing in John 14. Do not let your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Eventually, this will wrap up. And if I told you it was from Jesus, it doesn't sound as exciting, but the words are true. And to end it out in movie fashion, Jesus, with his Terminator glasses on, extends the hand to you and says, come with me if you want to live. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for your word, which is hope, which is life to us. 
beyond anything that we can muster personally, individually, to bring us peace. We ask today, Lord, regardless of what's going on around us, you would grant peace to each one. You know, fears people face, the stuff that goes on in people's lives. We ask for the peace of God that surpasses all understanding, that it would guard our hearts and minds in Christ. We thank you for this dream, this vision recorded in Revelation. We ask once again, Lord, as you've knocked at our doors, may we hear that sweet, still voice and let you in. Lord, we want the best. We want what you have for us in every way. Just to be a little bit more like you. Lord, help us be agents of peace and change in this world, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.